Not that Paul Rudd is old, but Paul Rudd is 50. So, like, when we'll see how Chris Evans matures, but I have a feeling (sighs) he will be in the same realm as Paul Rudd. He's going to keep aging into that sweater. Oh, my God. Just easing right on into it. Listeners, if you have not watched Knives Out, I convinced our movie club to watch it last night. (laughs) And warned everyone that is the hottest Chris Evans has ever looked. You were not wrong. Um... And yeah, I was not wrong. And I was reminded from the last time I saw it on the big screen in theaters where his attractiveness just blasted my eyes Mm. as he told the entire Mm. cast to eat shit. Um, (laughs) Multiple times. I, you know, it was such a good movie, like all around, right? Well written, well acted. Everybody in there was recognized. Like you're like, oh yeah, I know all the, like they felt, the people felt familiar even though they're in these really funny roles. Mm-hmm. It was a perfect tribute for R.I.P. Christopher Plummer. It was just, oh, it was chef's kiss all the way around. Yes. Including that sweater. Including that sweater. Including and, that sweater. you know, and I am, I am f- fully on board with the Daniel Craig Foghorn Leghorn voice. <laughs> I know others. Adjusting. I know others in our group were not, but I bought in. He did it well. It was not. I mean, I love you, Keanu, but it was not Keanu in The Devil's Advocate, where his southern accent vacillates oh. wildly. I had completely forgotten about that movie. Thanks for that, Young Ooh. Charlize Theron. Um, guys, put me on your trivia teams. I'm so good at trivia. So anyway. good. Meanwhile, I'm like, you know that that other movie where he was like. Talking to the devil, um, but like, not like that, you know. <laughs> Just Al Pacino on speed. Um, <laughs> our apologies to Jonathan Franks is now a Knives Out podcast, but listeners also, if you haven't watched it, highly recommend. And also, Ooh. I mean, we all knew Daniel Craig's eyes were blue. Oh, and, so blue. Uh, color can be affected when you're color correcting a film. But, like, even compared to other people in the movie with blue eyes, I said to our movie mm-hmm. group at one point, I was like, he looks like he could shoot lasers out of those eyes. They're so blue. And I know that's a weird thing to say because you, you think maybe red eyes shoot lasers. Mm-hmm. But, like, they're so bright, they look like they're about to fire energy out of themselves. It was like he's related to Elsa. That's how blue they I are. mean, just crazy. I see uh. crystal blue Daniel Craig needs to do comedy at all times. It was clear he was having a blast because sometimes with Bond, it seems like he's just like, I fucking hate this, man. (laughs) He's Um, like, do I really have to get up and do this for another day and another $50 million? But I mean, like like the promo stuff. And I get that. Like there are a lot of actors that are not into the promo stuff. But like he looked like in all the interviews and stuff for this and everything and just they all look like they like, they're all acting quite well, but it's, like, clear. Like, if you're enjoying yourself at work. Yes, you can tell. The energy comes through. He was probably just giggling the whole time working with a voice coach to do that <laughs> KFC accent. I mean, it was good. It was good. Oh, all right. I do declare this is supposed to be a podcast about something else, Kata. <laughs> hi, listeners. Hi, I'm M.M. And I'm Katie. And this is a podcast where bi-coastal besties bond talking about wine and mysteries. And this is the One Times Mysteries podcast where we are currently uh, diving into the mysteries of Beyond Belief Factor Fiction. Uh, We are doing season two 
Uh, and we're on episode five. Play along at home. Definitely t- guess along with these uh, stories and tell us how you do. Uh, today, I will be telling the stories and MM will be guessing them, which means it will take much longer to edit because uh, I say um about um 20 times more um. than MMM does. So that's science. Is that science? Have you charted that out? Is that, is that um, the median or the mean? Might, might not be the exact multiplier, oh. but you rarely say um... And I say it every other word. Look, I've been practicing A, my non-regional diction, for quite some time. B, I read a comment many years ago about a woman whose mentor told her she used too many filler words in her everyday speech in the office, and it was holding her back in her career. So I have been trying to be mindful about my use of filler words. I never um, realized I say them so much until I have to listen to myself over and over and over as I try to excise them. I don't get them all because then that's a little bit robotic, but I do try to get the consecutive ones. Well, Katie, if anything should make you feel better, it will be that since it's my turn to guess, we all know this is going to be a shambles. (laughs) We will be in a shambles. Or, I mean, you are on a steady upward trajectory. So I mean, the best is the best is always yet to come in my life. You know those people who peaked in high school and all they ever do is talk about how great high school was. Yep. The nice thing about having that not be true is that it's always got to get better for me. <laughs> like how I will be. Remember that time I got four out of five. Remember the glory yeah, days, and I won mm-hmm. the trophy, and the town carried me around on their shoulders. When, when you have no glory days, there's <laughs> the best is always yet to come. The story of my, that's my autobiography. No glory days. Colon, the MM story. Let's talk about the Frakes fit. Can we talk about that? Frakes fit? Same fit. Shut it up. He's still wearing the gray suit with the gray and black striped button up. Same fit. Interesting. First note in my notes. Wow. Actually, second note. Sorry, that is a lie. First note is there Mm. was a foul language warning. Oh, Everyone can't see me, but I am clutching my imaginary pearls. What? And how language. How how many of these episodes did they do in a day then? I mean, my thought is maybe they might not be same day, but maybe they keep same fit so they can mix and match what's in each episode, which is why perhaps in Friday the 13th episode, only like uh, one was actually Friday the 13th. And then they do like the overarching themes like as they can. It's a good thing that you're the brains of this operation. This is my hypothesis. I don't know how to science it without tweeting at Frakes, and I'm not going to do that. Also, um, <laughs> I don't know if this is if you can hear this, but you can definitely hear, I can hear, P.A. Moxie. I can hear P.A. Moxie. She's, uh, she's been real <laughs> spirited lately. Real, real full of Moxie. <sighs> real full of Moxie. She got into the, I mean, it was my fault for leaving the door open, but when I was changing out her... Litter last night, she went into the storage room in the basement where the hot water heater... Like, there's a lot of mechanical, important things happening in that storage room, like the the sump pump. And she got under, like, a air duct thing and behind it, and she would not come out. Mm -hmm. And she Mm -hmm. was looking like she was going to start eating the insulation that was exposed. And I was... I It took for... It took... This is after movie club, so it was already late. It took oh, me a half hour to get her out of there. And she was so mad at me. She was so mad. I had to get a broom to, like, scooch her 
out from underneath this thing because there's no way I was going to reach her. Um, this morning, she was still very upset with me. My freedom. You put your human hands on my body once again. Don't um, restrict my movement. I have free will. Oh, P.A. Moxie. That's the thing, like, whenever I have to, like, scruff Ollie, like, when he's doing something, like, that's actually dangerous mm-hmm. and he gets really pissed, I'm like, you did this. You know, like, <laughs> yes. like, and I understand that he has the brain the size of a peanut or whatever, but, like. Live with the consequences he, of your actions. That's he does saying. know right from oh, wrong. Hello, baby. Hello. She's like, you She's talk about P.A. Moxie. I am because you're still just so cute, even though you can be such a jerk sometimes. He does know, like, right and wrong, because when he does things he knows he's not supposed to do um, to get my attention, he will definitely start doing it, stop, and look at me until mm-hmm. I look at him, mm-hmm. and then he will mm-hmm. continue to do it. So mm-hmm. if he has that much, that that level of smarts, he does know that he shouldn't maybe, you know, jump on the stove. Oh, he knows. Our overarching theme, um, our, our easel p- drawing today for our overarching theme is a really creepy-ass clown. Stop. Um, <laughs> no, if this is clown themed, I'm going to lose my is, damn mind. It is not a clown themed. Why is there worry. a clown involved at all then? Is this so like an it clown? It's it got looks, fangs? It's, it's more of like a, it's a black and white drawing. It's, you know, but just Sad really clown? weird looking because like the eyes are different sizes and everything oh, like that. Oh, no. A, demon clown. There's a reason for it though. Cause it's not Jesus. super realistic looking. So he Can says, you? you know, sometimes we see the, the truth, but sometimes we have to look at things from another angle and he once again turns it to the side like he likes to do and he says you know here we see a single clown but from the side it turns into an entire circus and you see that like the way that they drew the nose is actually a tent and like the weird mouth is actually someone on a unicycle and all these things Um, super original freaks yeah you can't (laughs) believe your eyes right he then proceeds it's your reality i mean etc he goes let's you can't even say it. Okay. Ooh, center yourself. Ooh. Um, he says, let's follow the clown as he turns the corner and get to this circus. What? Listeners, listeners what? Uh, do not follow a clown. What? Do not ever follow clowns. Didn't we learn that in 2016? That is Didn't a... We? Um, that is a one trip okay. tale to let's, the sewers and getting yes. it clowned. I was going to say, let's Never back it up. We learned that way before 2016 with the original release of it. But is that like a phrase? Follow no. the clown around a corner? No, no, no. And no one ever followed that clown. You see a clown oh out in the God. wild, you run. You run in the opposite oh direction. Uh-uh. That was one of the no. weirdest things. Was, was that 2016 when they were out in the field? Yes. There was just clowns yes. around? Yes. Yes, that was because oh that was goodness. right. That was right before the election. Story number one: the land, the land. Okay. Yes, the land. So his land. Uh, prop is he's carrying like a basket of beautiful flowers, as if he just picked them in a meadow, and uh, <laughs> he walks forward, and then he comes up upon some dead flowers, and he says, "What is the secret to a green thumb?" What makes a land fertile or not fertile? I'm like nutrients, my dude. But whatever. Also, the scientists can literally tell you that. But I do agree that there is a green thumb because I kill plants by looking at them where my tiny, adorable mother, um, as if she's very like Miracle Max, it's only mostly dead and she can like bring things back to life. I've got a great book. I I would highly recommend, we can link to it in the show notes, called How Not to Kill Your Houseplants. It is the greatest (laughs) book. I still have any. It's mostly pictures. Okay. um, And it really, it's like, these are the signs you look for. This means this. This means you're doing this wrong. 
if it's about to die, try this. It's like, oh, this is exactly what I need to know. Thank you. Uh, I do have several succulents, one of which came with me across the country when I drove out here. He's in a little rubber stegosaurus, um, and it sat on my dashboard the whole way out. And um, and before I moved out here, I had Maurice Jr., who was a cutting of a plant that I named Maurice in my mom's house, who I had to actually cut in half because he grew up so high he was hitting the ceiling. So I do can keep some things alive, but mostly I had an air plant. I followed the instructions to a T. That thing fucking died. It I like, think airplanes are tricky. They they because they're like you gotta spritz them. It, yeah, it's once weird. a week, and that's what I did. I bought a little light mister. I did exactly what it said, and that thing died. And now the little uh, container I had. Oh, it was Airy McBeal. You remember Airy McBeal? I do. So remember Airy McBeal. So Airy McBeal. <laughs> Uh, super husband named my air plant because it, it was like a curly air plant and the vase looked like a woman's head. So it looked like she just had curly hair. So we named her Ari McBeal. So Ari McBeal died. So now Ari McBeal looks Aww. more like Grace Jones because I put in, a, I use her to store tea. So there's all these tea bags like going straight up. Uh, as, so it looks like a much more sculptural <laughs> haircut than Ari McBeal. So, um, I didn't want to get rid of the vase. This is a perfectly good vase with a face on it. R.I.P. Ari McBeal. Look, you know who else can't keep a houseplant alive? Apparently it's Jonathan Frakes because he has no idea how to keep what makes it work. What makes it doesn't not work. We don't know. So he's saying, uh, Joss Myrtle is our farmer, uh, does not have a green thumb. In fact, his attempts to keep his land thriving has been all thumbs recently. It seems like he went into the wrong profession. Apparently this land has been in the family forever and he's going to hand it down to his daughter who looks, I honestly thought it was Linda Cardellini, but it's not just someone who looks very much like Linda Cardellini. So the voiceover we get is from April, the daughter that, you know, dad was putting us, she's like, I loved my dad, but he was putting us through terrible times because he was like holding onto this land. It wasn't working. He was putting all their money into it. They're about to foreclose on the house, all these things. So uh, they're in a living room. There is Joss Myrtle. Uh, April is sitting on a chair, just very quiet, like watching. There's unnamed wife. And then there is Harold, the brother-in-law. You don't find out he's a brother-in-law for quite some time. At first I was like, is he a lawyer? Is he an accountant? Because he's basically yelling at Joss, being like, you've run this into the ground. You know, the land has been barren for for years. He's badgering and badgering and badgering to the point where Joss storms out. And so at first I thought the wardrobe department who was underfunded had struck again because I didn't know who Harold was at first. And he's wearing, you know, billowy khakis and very nineties outfit. And I was just like, oh, okay. And then it cuts over. We see Joss for the first time. And that motherfucker is wearing Oshkosh bagosh and a red plaid shirt. And I was like, that friend is, is code for farmer. It was like a full on jean overalls, bright red plaid, but it looked like it had never like been worn a day in its life. It looked fresh. Was he chewing on a long piece of hay? He was not, unfortunately. That would have been perfect. There was no straw hat. But so Joss storms out. Um, and then Harold is talking to the unnamed wife and is saying, like, you know, you he needs to do this. And she's like, you can't talk to my husband that way and blah, blah. Joss is out in the fields. You know, stand by your man. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. April follows him out. And he's like, you know, this land has been so good to us. And I'm like, how's it? Uh, it's given us life. He's like, I'm going to make the land rich again. It's so I can hand it down to you and lock you into this farm life. Um, 
And as he says, I'm going to make the land rich again, no matter what it takes. There's like a dark, like, sort of music in the background. Is this where we get to sacrifice some children? We keep coming back to that in this episode. Oh, I'm... did I guess it? Yeah. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Hello, saying nothing. Satan. I would like some fertile land. So months later, April is tossing and turning and she hears voices downstairs. And she can tell that one is Joss, but she can't figure out what the other one is. Hmm. Satan. Could it be Satan? Could be. So she creeps down um, and she sees Joss wearing the same outfit at the door. It is months later. He can be re-wearing a He fit, only but... has one. He only has one. He's a poor farmer. So you see him talking to a dude who's wearing all black, black, black trench coat, Satan. black like hat that's like a big wide brim. And you hear Joss going, will you give my family 20 years of crops? And the man in black goes, there's no saying what I'll do. Look, if you're selling your soul, go a little higher than 20 the years. The 20 years, thank you. Like, use the rest, <sighs> at the very least, the rest of the years of your life. Like, if he's in his 40s, like, pick at least or 40 your daughter's or life, years. like, something, something. Or Don't crops forever. High. Look, start high, know, negotiate down. <laughs> know your value, Joss. Know your value. I mean, maybe he does, frankly. So, <laughs> so basically, he's making this deal with this mystery dude. But the mystery dude is like, there's no saying what I'll do. So he's sort of like a loose cannon mystery. Doesn't dude. sound like a doesn't sound like a deal to me, mystery dude. And then Joss goes, I don't know if I can do this. And then mystery dude's like, now or never. But like Joss called him. But so also, like, why is it never, now or never? <laughs> now or never for something that you may or may not do. Calm down, so, mystery man. Mystery man leaves. Joss follows him. They go out into the field. And April, like, creeps, creeps, creeps and follows. Uh -huh, but uh -huh. she's not that close. She can't hear what they're saying. But okay. they're out in the fields. They pass a scarecrow. And the scarecrow looks like it's just like, like, a, like a head and then, like, has some streamers. Like, it's not really – it doesn't okay. have a body or anything. It's just, like, a figure. But it's, like, okay. it's – it basically is – it looks run down. You know? Okay. Maybe it's a metaphor for the land. Whatever. So – they're talking and she's like, I can't hear them, but what are they doing? Mystery Man hands a weird bag to Joss and he starts sprinkling what looks like Comet. It's like a bright powder. At first I was like salt because paranormal, but no, you can see it. Like it's just like this thick, bright white powder and he's sprinkling it in a circle and they both put their hands up uh, in the air as if they are doing a ritual. And then the wind kicks up. Joss gets struck by lightning and nice. disappears. Nice. And then the man in black disappears and April's like, the fuck? So she runs inside to get the mom. And this is like same <laughs> night. So this is the same night. So she runs in to get the mom. The mom's like, no, you're crazy. And then April's like, I just saw it. Like it, it was also and, like your husband is not in this house, man. Right. And, um, and the mom is like, no, he just left. Well, and he just does that, April. You're old enough to know now. Sometimes your father just leaves. <laughs> he went out for cigarettes and he's never coming back. Um, but no, so then the wife goes outside and finds the pile. It's a pile of clothing, the flannel and the overalls. <gasps> his one and fit? He wouldn't leave his one fit? And you th you'd think it was supposed to be a pile of ashes, but uh -huh. it honestly looks like a metric ton of dryer lint. It is like tufts. It is like, it doesn't make sense from an ash perspective, mm. but then but the light like kicks up and blows it away. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So uh, she finds the dryer lint, and then you hear a voice on the wind that says, stay on the land. 
<laughs> the mom and the daughter go back inside. Like, they well, cuddle nothing up. else to do. They cuddle up together in like an easy chair because they both can't sleep because, oh my God, what happened? They wake up the next day. Okay. Not calling the police or anything. My, my no. man is missing. We're just going to like have a slumber party downstairs. Yeah, of course not, okay. right? So- yeah, they're they're under a big cozy quilt, and then they wake up, and April goes like this, and she is fully dressed, like in jeans. Okay, she gets she walks outside, and she's like, "I feel I felt my father all around me, and the land is now super green, and crops are growing, and she's not upset." And you look over and you see the scarecrow, and the scarecrow is wearing the father's clothes. And I'm like, Stop. who Stop. did that? Because they found Stop. the clothes. So did like the mom like do that? Anyway, um, and then the mom wakes up and, she, and and she goes, "What's wrong, April?" And April's like, "Nothing's wrong." And I'm like, "Joss is gone. What do you Everything's mean nothing's right wrong?" In the world, mother. Did she start calling her mother? Mother. Mother. And then, uh, end of story. Cut to Frakes. Did Joss just leave? How do you explain, you know, the thriving crops and everything that happened overnight? Who was the mystery man? Okay, um, so we don't hear about any of the negatives other than Joss is stupidly forever. And they're fine with it. They're just like, I felt I could. It's like he was still I there. Mean, who knows? Yeah, this may be a better arrangement for all of them. Frankly, right. I don't know. So is there but, is the, is there truth blossoming, or oh, is this up. a or is this a homegrown lie? Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> that was awful. Um, I'm going to go truth on this one because okay. there's, it literally sounds like my dad left us one night. We never heard from him again. <laughs> All of a sudden our lives got better. And you know what? I can see that being true. When you boil it down. Um, okay. Minus the deal with the devil part, but. Yeah. And like, there's never I, any conjecture about him. Yeah. I see he, no and, downsides. See and no he downsides. literally, he literally looks like a dude just wearing all black and like a trench coat and like a weird hat. So he doesn't, like, they didn't make him look like a demon or anything. He's just some guy, but he did just disappear. Okay. Okay. Story number two. Number two. Titan. Not the Titan. Just... Not the Titan, just Titan. Um, the prop is a painting of an ocean liner. And then you also see on the table that he usually has a model of an ocean liner. And he says, the luxury liner, very much in our thoughts these days. So I have to think that maybe Titanic was big. At the time, uh, I meant to look it up. And yeah, like ninety-seven ish. So yeah, I guess maybe the two-part uh, VHS tape had just been released at Blockbuster. You know, and Titanic fever did go on for quite some time. So so yeah, the luxury liner very much in our thoughts these days. The the combination of opulence and the undeniable romance of the open seas. What? <laughs> what? Um, he, yeah. So he Take says, "Me like one of your French girls," says Frakes. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, imagining Frakes. him Frakes. Uh, <laughs> undeniable romance so he says this is an older story than our usual tales but the inspiration is as fresh as tomorrow alright as long as there's no clowns All right, I'm gonna, start, I'm gonna start saying that this is as fresh as tomorrow <laughs> so this whole thing is in black and white except for a few times when I will mention that it is in color stop are they Are they? that was loud sorry are they wearing oldie timey clothes yeah is this supposed to be the Titanic? A titan of a knockoff. A titan of industry. A titan we'll, of I mean, we'll opulence. see. We'll a see. A titan of undeniable ocean liners. Undeniable romance. All right. So, Harris Fisher is our main character, and he's going to meet with his publisher. And his publisher, who has magnificent sideburns, 
um, mm-hmm. is telling him that, you know, people are very into the truth now. Rip stories from the headlines. Uh, the truth is what sells, but Fisher's not into it. He says true, that. True crime, perhaps? I mean, basically. So he says, mm-hmm. he says, fiction is still greater than anything you can find in a newspaper. Okay. Okay, Harris. Okay. But it's also like, you can still rip something from the headlines for inspiration. So... He has writer's block and the publisher is like sticking with him and is like, yeah, you know, the wheel will turn again and eventually people will want fiction, but they really want truth right now. And Harris is just like, I'm not doing truth. The wheel. Yeah. So he's back in his apartment. He's got writer's block. He really wants to do an original plot and not rip from the headlines. And he's just like going through the newspaper and he sees that's why he's going through the newspaper yeah. i mean like he's just like so frustrated and he goes Ugh, through the newspaper and he sees too, like Harris. a little tiny story it's not like the headline or whatever it's a little tiny story that has very clearly been taped on a paper you can very clearly see that it oh. is cut out and they, that the prop department just taped it on, onto the paper <laughs> i think they're underfunded as well so oh. it says britain to build first steel hold ship that is okay. the little headline, and it's just a little, like a little, little interest piece. It's not. Are we in, in some vaguely European country where people talking with accents, or no. are we? Okay, no. we're we're in the garbage country. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, we're in garbage okay. country. He gets inspired by seeing that little taped on headline, mm-hmm. and he immediately he's like going through all of these like notes and things that weren't working, and he finds this gigantic sketch pad because as Frakes uselessly tells us he works better from a visual concept okay so he basically sketches an ocean liner and it's like this whole thing he's like furiously sketching and it's like okay so he's a writer but he needs to first draw his ocean liner i guess to like stare at as he like it's a process i don't okay it's the Um, romance in in the opulence yeah and it looks you know like any looks like a boat it looks Looks like like a a big ocean liner yeah so he starts writing and Frakes is voiceover. And like the whole thing is like, you know, he's sweating away and like eating like cold things and like drinking coffee. This is not surgery. And, this is not and, surgery. Come on. You know, um, big montage of him writing. And mm. Frakes literally says in the vo- voiceover that it's basically, it's following the plot of the Titanic. You know, it's the, the, the boat is the same size. And he's like, and yeah, it's going to, you know, it's going to start in England. It's going to go to New York and da, 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 da. And then it cuts to him cuts to a piece in color where there are lots of people in period costume that looks like decent period costumes and they're like dancing in like a ballroom and they're like and the captain walks in and they're all like to the captain <laughs> what back are you like again to the captain and then oh, like okay. then the okay. back in black and white like literally there's no point to these like little glimpses of what he's writing because it's <laughs> it's like i'm like they with someone like some executive like do the Titanic, and so like they have all of the like it just doesn't it seems like a lot of money to invest and like a sure. location and all of those extras and whatever and like they're doing like a complicated dance just to show that it's like the tight whatever man so <laughs> that's where they spent all the money for this episode right now so we then know. He's, he starts to feel like he apparently has some internal struggles would people buy this you know but then he's like after he, he gets over his struggles and he keeps writing Frakes continues to talk about how, like, the size of the ocean liner is the same as the Titanic, that it's going to even hit an iceberg, that lots of people are going to die. And so the next day, he goes with his all of his typed pages to his publisher, or he already sent it to him. Um, it's The publisher has read it a little bit somehow. And he's like, so what do you think? And the publisher's like, 
Uh, no one will ever buy this. Uh, a big ocean liner hits an iceberg and goes down. It will never happen. You really need to like do write something truthful. But didn't he, end the, of story. But didn't the guy say that they wanted fiction? No, the guy said they don't want fiction. Oh, right. Oh, sh- okay. Um. Okay. So that's so it. Because it's, it's either. Like, but okay. But I gotta give you the wrap up. Oh yes, you do. Please, sorry. Because the whole time Frix has been saying this is just like the Titanic, this is just mm-hmm, like the Titanic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Harris wrote his story in 1898. The <gasps> Titanic went down dun, dun, dun. in 1912. Did art foreshadow life? Is this truth or a Titanic hoax? Titanic hoax. Okay. Um, just because it all sounds awful. Like no. <laughs> that he like uh had a you know a premonition and was like, yes, I'm going to write this. And then Titanic happened just like he wrote it. I feel like we would have heard about this. Okay. Fair enough. What ghost is doing, what ghost is doing the lifting? I get you. I get you. Okay. <laughs> the, the future ghost of Jack <laughs> is whispering in his ear, make the doors just two inches bigger. So I can <laughs> cling on to. We test that shit. All right. <laughs> Story number three. This was my favorite and least favorite, both in one. Um, oh, it is it. called The Diary. Or back to the thes. The Diary. Okay. The prop is a gargantuan laptop. And he says, you know, people once wrote down their innermost thoughts in locked diaries. Today's high-tech generation. Oh, shut up. Uses a computer. Right. Um, Kim Maddox was a lonely girl who recorded all of her feelings on a computer. But what happens when outsiders invade the sanctity of her diary? So we're talking yes. hackers. No. Wait till you see. Oh, it's, this can be even. Okay. All right. It's, it's infuriating. So uh, <laughs> establishing shot of, of uh, lonely but smart girl books. We see Siddhartha. We see the bell jar. We see the catcher in the rye. You see, you hear her typing, and you hear her voiceover, and her voice is like Kristen Chenoweth high pitched. It is. Remarkable. How else are we supposed to know that she is a young girl? I never fit in. Was <laughs> it because of my voice? And she says, "People think I'm weird because I see things before they happen, not because you're 13 and reading Siddhartha." Okay. And she she wears uh, black the whole time. She's like in high school, and she actually does look like she's in high school. Okay. Her bullies do not look like they're in high school. So that's all she, and she's just, you know, typing sure. away. Sure. And then we see two teens in bla- in like blazers <laughs> walking down the street and they're both holding umbrellas, but it's like sunny, but the, and the umbrellas aren't open. They're just hold, both holding closed umbrellas. Is this like clockwork orange style with an umbrella? Like they're going to go like beat some people up? With no, I just, I think maybe it was raining earlier that day. And so Again, they had umbrellas. And then when they actually shot that scene, it was sunny, but they just had them. The props department, man. Are they, <laughs> wait, are they like, like private school? No. Unif- no, they're just like, they, I'm these, a like they look, They look like they're on the, they're nine, two, five. And then they're <laughs> Shoulder not. pads. They are for sure supposed to be her high school bullies. Okay. So they walk up to her house, go, hey, Kim, hey, Kim. Kim comes to the window and they go, loser and they walk away that is and then they go we got her so good (laughs) did you see the look on her face so kim is so upset and she just wants them to be her friends for some reason kim you're better than that 
and I'll so make you she wear decides, a blazer. Stop it, Kim. Don't do it. She decides to go for a walk. No. Because she's so upset by this. Bad idea, and then, Kim. They're out there. And so their names are I wrote it down. Oh, their names are Rasha and Daly. Rasha and Daly. Rasha and Daly. And so we got her so good. And then she goes out to, you know, Kim goes out to go for a walk, and Rasha and Daly are like in the bushes. And then they go, can we, oh, can we call the cops and have them arrested for trespassing? Oh, get ready. Oh. So they go, oh, that freak left her computer behind. So they break into the house. Um, no. But I, like, I mean, they walk in an unlocked door, but they are going into a house that does not belong to them of someone who they hate. No. And they open her computer and they're like, ooh, click on diary. <laughs> okay. Number one. If she was that smart, why don't she use password protection? Number two, you really label your diary diary. Oh Click yeah, just diary. a file. Just a file that says diary. And they're they reach like oh they ha- she has stuff on everyone in school and it's not like burn book like okay. mean girl stuff. It's gotcha. like it is all like predictions. And so you know it's some dude is going to win the Nobel Prize someday mm-hmm. because he's so smart. And then mm-hmm. Daly's boyfriend is going to break up with her and Rasha is going to fail civics and have to go to summer school. I bet she wants to go to Europe with her parents. Um, Wait, she's going to fail civics. Yeah. She's going <laughs> to fail civics. Yeah. Good job, Rasha. So, okay. Walking away from that one. Whoo. So they see Kim coming back. It has been the time it takes for them to walk into the house do this. And so it's, it has not been that long. But Kim is coming back with a bright pink shopping bag. And so they're like, oh, shit. And so they leave. <laughs> so the premonitions come true. Rasha's like, oh, but you know I hate civics. That's just a coincidence. And then as they're like sitting there on Daly's bed, Daly's boyfriend calls and is like, breaks up with her. Nice. Um, and so... They go, let's see what else she knows. So they break into the house again. No. And Rasha says, I can't believe we're breaking in. And I'm like, yeah, again. Uh, So. They never lock their doors. There's no security system. What is going on? And like, where are. Maybe you can just talk to her. Where are Kim's parents? Like, how is there no one else in this house? Whatever, man. And and just talk to her if you really want to know. But she's the freak. So they, and they fucking hate her for no good reason. So, and all she wants to do is be their friend, of course. So they break in. with a heart of gold. They turn the, the, they go into diary again. And it says, I, it's, um, I'm getting that feeling again. Um, I see smoke at Daly's house. And then literally as they read that aloud, you hear sirens and Daly runs towards the camera, which I guess we're supposed to think is like a window looking out into the street. And she goes, they're going towards my house. So. (sighs) Voiceover from Kim. Oh, I'm getting another premonition. I think something bad is going to happen to Rasha and Daly. I need to tell them. Rasha and Daly show up at the house, but they're actually knocking this time. And they're like, hey, I know we haven't really gotten along, meaning you're bullies. It's not like you're having a disagreement. Like, you're bullies. And interesting because they they do know how to knock on the door. Yeah. So they knock and they're like, I know that we haven't always gotten along, but we wanted to apologize. And then they go in and and then Kim is like over the moon and is like, oh, come in. Like, let's hang out. So they walk in, cut to immediately they're leaving. But I think that uh implication is that they've been there for a little bit and kim is like do you guys want to go see a movie i really have to tell you something and i'm like they're right there fucking tell them right now yeah you don't need to see a movie and then tell them 
But they're like, yeah, let's go see a movie. No, you're not dating them. You don't need to. Very clear that they're lying, too. And she's like, and then Kim's like, oh, 8 o'clock show? And they're like, okay. And then Kim goes back inside. And they're immediately super loud. But Kim does not hear this. (laughs) As if, freaking loser. Sometime later, they break into the house again. What? And open the computer. And Rasha's like, maybe we should just leave her alone. And I'm like, you're sorry, Rasha. Like, you're in too deep now. You you have established yourself as a complete and total bitch being mean to this girl. Like, you can't now be like, it's wrong to break into the house three times. Um, so Daly's like, okay, yeah, we'll leave. But, you know, first we're going to put this virus on her computer. And she holds up a floppy disk that says virus really big, like written in Sharpie on it. And then, she, and then Rasha's like, okay. <laughs> but yeah, sure. first... Let's see if she's written anything new. So they open the diary and it says that Rasha and Daly are going to die in a car accident on the way to Brad's party. And then Daly goes, we're going to Brad's party anyway. So they're, they're, they're not freaked out by the fact that she nope. failed civics. The boyfriend broke up with her. Her house caught on fire. Nope. And <laughs> she's three for three, right? And now she's saying yep. they're both going to die in the car on the way to Brad's house. And they're like, Fuck How that. dare she? We're going I'm going to fight for my right to party. Yep. We're going. And we're not going on foot. We're definitely going to drive. Yep. So, cool. Cool, uh, cool. cut to Kim. She's alone at the movies and she's crying oh, by herself in the movies. Kim. Um, and she goes, it's not their fault they were mean to me. False. Um, why is it not their fault? She says, just like it's not my fault that I always end up alone. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. It's not your fault that you always end up alone. It's people being shitty and you letting them be shitty to you whatever man and then but she's like i knew they weren't going to show up at the movies that night because brad's party was at the same time and i'm like then why didn't you tell them earlier they were going to die why did you plan your reveal <sighs> conversation for at the you same, know whatever, what? dude? i'm glad i'm glad they're yep. gonna die yeah they're they sound awful and that's you where know the story what? ends those two with the the boyfriend and the blind date from last week i'm glad they can all date each other in hell there you right? go blind and- dates in hell End of story. False, 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 false. You don't false. even find out what's gonna. So Frakes goes. Our story ends before we find out the the fates of Russia and Daily. But they were in a car accident. <laughs> yes, they totally did it. But you know, um, is this fact or fancy? What's your prediction? He did not say fact or fancy. Yeah, he did. Fancy, 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 Frakes. <laughs> it just made me so mad because it was just like. It's not their fault they're mean to me. There's like too many details here. There's too many details. And she is, this character is now completely unbelievable. That not only does she have this amazing power to know what's going to happen, but she's the outcast. Like, no, everyone would want to be her friend. Well, and if people are like super, super mean to her because she can see things before they happen, then why are Rosh and Daly like, she can predict stuff? Like, no, they're mean to you because they're just, they're pieces of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. No one knows you have this power, so why do you... Whatever, dude. All right. I just... I get it. As someone who had no self-confidence whatsoever until probably my late 20s, um, I get being a doormat, and I get where people just want to shake you and be like, don't let people treat you that way. Like, I, I get it. I feel it too deeply. However, I'm very mad that she said that it's not their fault that she's mean. Like, no, just say that these these people are bitches. They're mean. Yes. They're mean girls. This, if Super Husband were listening, he would invoke the scene in Joy Luck Club where the daughter 
has the husband who has left her and she makes the peanut butter pie for him because it's his favorite. And the mother says, you think you make him this peanut butter pie and he will come back to you? Know your worth. All right. Number okay. four. Number four. Town of Remembrance. I'm... Um, <laughs> oh, the, okay. The, the prop okay. is like a plastic model of a brain. Mm-hmm. Um, the human brain. <laughs> Much too complicated to be understood by the human brain. Frakes. <laughs> Here is a tale of amnesia you'll never forget. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like, you can tell when he gets to these ones that are like a little too perfect, His ma- he just gets this shit-eating grin. Mm-hmm, and he's mm-hmm. like, a tale of amnesia. And like, uh, it, it's <laughs> almost like he's going to eyebrow waggle. You'll never forget. <laughs> wink, wink. Ding, 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 ding. ding. Anyway, uh, our main character is Jane Doe. She had Shut no. Up. She had an. She had an accident. She had no identification or records on her, so she was renamed Jane Doe. She is driving with Susan, who is a hospital attendant, and so she's supposed to be helping her to go to a appointment. She does not seem in any way infirm. Is it's just Jane she- driving, or is Jane the passenger? Jane is the passenger. Susan okay, good. is driving. Okay, all right. Um, Susan uh, looks like a Midwestern mom or a very over-the-top Midwestern A.D. Bryant character on Got SNL. It. Like, it's just, there's so much happening in her outfit. They're driving, and she says that she keeps getting flashes of her past. And when they say flashes, they literally mean flashes. And I will describe like the Like a hot flash? I will describe the effect for you when we get to our first one. So they're driving and Jane goes, wait, Susan, stop here, stop here. And they go to this like diner, like a roadside little. I am hungry. I would like like some pancakes. A place place where you get a piece of pie. You know, it looks more like a real diner than the Sky Diner from. I want pie and coffee. Yes, let's stop here. Right. And so Susan's like, I. They go into this diner and she has a literal flash. Meaning the screen does like that negative, like it goes to the oh, negative Jesus. and then goes back yes, and it goes yes. and it does it a couple times and you hear a literal like lightning flash thunder sound effect when it happens. No one can see me. I'm rolling my eyes really hard. <laughs> Ouch. Okay. Goes in and she's like, and she's like, I knew there was a counter up here. So she goes up some stairs and there's like. There's a, always a counter in a diner. Yeah. But like, there's like, there's another one like upstairs. It's is weird. it the special pie diner? I mean, the I pie mean, counter? Is that maybe. the special pie counter? Is that where the fried pies are? Because girl. Girl. So she sits down and this like kindly old man like comes over to her and she goes, I would like a gardenia float. I don't know what the fuck that is. A and she gardenia starts, float? And she starts to explain it. And it basically sounds like a root beer float, but it's in a glass shaped like a flower. But she's like explaining it. And then she says there's nuts on top. I was like, of a root beer float? Ooh. And I'm like. But it's like a very complicated, very specific thing that she's describing. And it's in a flower-shaped thing. And the guy's like, man, this is a Wendy's. Like, he's very confused. He's going to say, a roadside diner is not where you go for very specific off-menu requests. Like, no, no, no. Stick with the basics. Get the pie that's in the the case. Right? And so he's just like, we don't have anything like that here, my dude. Um, But he literally says, can I give you some of Bill's special pie? And she's like. I wanted him to literally say, my dude. (laughs) listen my dude uh susan is witnessing this and she goes jane it's gonna be okay and then jane goes stop calling me jane because she's like really frustrated that she doesn't have any memories 
And I'm like, be nice to Susan. What is wrong with you? Anyway. One more question. Bill's yeah. special pie. A wink, wink. Is it special? I mean, it, you don't even really see it. Oh. So I can't even tell you if it's like. It's not a, a Dr. Chocolate. Weed situation. It's not like we had the special I don't think it's a Dr. Weed situation. I don't think it's the help situation. Where okay. It's poop. The special pie. And then Susan just offers up some HIPAA protected information and, and tells Bill <laughs> <laughs> that she has amnesia. Oh, she doesn't know anything, Bill. It's fine. Uh, and then, but she's into it and she's just like trying to see if he like knows her or she's like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm having flashes of my past and I like remember Gardenia this place. Float. It's really bizarre. And he's like, yeah, I don't know you at all, but maybe uh, Annie does. Cause, and Annie is like this like hunched over male lady coming in and everyone's like, oh, so Bill goes, let's ask Annie, she's been delivering mail in these parts for the last hundred years. And everyone takes <laughs> a big laugh at how old Annie is. Oh, oh, oh she's um, ancient. Including Jane. Jane's like, ah, ha, ha, I have no memory, but vigil. So, <laughs> but it's funny to make fun of people's age. Let me tell you, that was a good one. So Susan's like, well, you talk to Annie. I'm going to go freshen up in the bathroom. And then Jane goes, like, proceeds to give her directions to Narnia. Like, she's like, oh, we'll make a left and make a right. And then it's between these two booths and da, da, da. And Bill's like, that's exactly right. And it's between like, oh. these two booths. That's a weird way like, to put a bathroom. But before she says any of this, like, before she says any detail that's, like, she shouldn't know, it does that negative oh, flashy thing geez. again. How many people had epileptic seizures watching this episode? I mean, right? Annie goes off to Narnia and, um... Annie goes, I'll have my usual. And Jane goes, lemonades with sugar. And I'm like, that's your usual? Also, just say lemonade with sugar. Yeah. So it's just, but like, but like Jane knows the old male ladies, yeah, I know. Like, drink. Okay, fine. And then Jane's like, didn't you used to buy lemon? And like, psh, psh, psh. doesn't didn't lemonade eat- have, lemonade has sugar. Because otherwise it's just sorry. lemon juice. Yeah, otherwise it's lemon juice and water. What? Um, so she goes, didn't you used to buy lemonade from a little girl on Spring Street? And they both look at her like, she's crazy. And she goes, um, they're like, that's the interstate now. It hasn't been Spring Street in like a really long time. That's the interstate. Okay. They pay paradise and put up a parking lot. Jane looks like she's 40. Like, so she doesn't look like she would like, it's not like she's an old lady that would be like, I know one back. Okay. Like a me 40, like a hot, young, vibrant 40 or like a 40 from the late nineties where she's basically two steps away from the grave like a hot 40 okay like a hot yeah. 40 yeah yeah um definitely not old enough to know pre-highway <laughs> spring street spring street she's she does not look she's for 20 years she, she has she's not a peer of crypt keeper annie <laughs> okay <laughs> thank you thank you okay so got it um then uh she goes psh, 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 there's something special about this table. And she walks over to a table and they're just all again, all staring at her. And she lifts up the tablecloth and like carved into this table that looks like it's about to fall apart. It's so like rickety is A.W. Hart BP. And Annie's like, oh, that's Billy Palmer. He died in a car accident on his way 20, to elope. 20 years ago. And so they, they she's like, is the cemetery still? And like okay. describes this location. <laughs> Literally, old lady Annie goes, yeah, the cemetery hasn't moved. <laughs> it's like, I love you, Annie. So uh, Susan comes back. I deliver mail there every day. <laughs> Susan goes back and, and and they're like, okay, we got to go to the cemetery. So they go to the cemetery. She's staring at this gravestone for Billy Palmer. 
and um, the years on the gravestone say 1930 to 1950. Mm-hmm. So this is a long time ago elopement. Because as soon as she was like, oh, that Billy Palmer died on his way to elope, I was like, oh, so was she like the fiance? It and was like, 50 years ago. But I'll 1930 stop. to 1950. Okay. Right? So... But the photo, because like it's the headstone is one of those ones that has like a photo, I, and the oof, photo is yes. for sure of like someone from the '90s, like the hair he has and everything. Like they it did frosted not, tips. I mean, it's, it's uh, real bad. So she's there, she's staring at it, and it goes like, you know, gravestone, Jane, gravestone, Jane. Gravestone, they're Jane. so good at and those shots. Nothing happens, and she's like, oh, oh. I thought this was gonna, I thought this was gonna be the key to my past. Let's go. So they leave. And then Frace is like, but did she, little did she know. And it pans over to literally the next gravestone over. And it's Angela Wright's gravestone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the picture looks exactly like Jane, but the years are 1930 to 1950. So, end of story. Was this a past life? Was she having memories of a past life that she had? And he says, like the great philosopher Yogi Berra says, oh, is, this de- is this deja vu all over again? Oh, I mean, like, how does a gardenia float fit into all of this? <laughs> I'm still so perplexed I mean, about that. Is that I a real what, thing? I get what they were going for. Like, it's a, like a really specific okay. thing. But let's find out, eh? Gardenia I'm looking at it, my Canadian friend. Um, no, I'm just seeing a lot of order some gardenias. Same. Same. How to cut blooms from gardenia bushes. What the fuck? No. Weird thing. So I'm going to say no. No. And um, no, that's not a real thing. But I'm going to say, no, I meant to the drink, not to the... Okay, gotcha. I want it to be true because it's so bad. (laughs) It's so... The whole thing is that she's not... So she's remembering a past life of hers, but it's not any of her current memories. So she's still shit out of luck with her memories. She can't um, remember this life, but she remembers. Right. And also, when you're reincarnated, you look exactly the same as oh, you exactly did the same. in your other lives. Cool, Although cool, cool. that photo did have different hair, so they did, like, do Well, something. but I mean, it's great to know that I've been struggling with the same skin issues, not just in this life, but in but every life that's come before. But it's also, like, like, they're looking at Billy Palmer's gravestone so intently, it's just like, just go like that. Just turn slightly to your left, and then you'll see it. They just walk also, away like, oh, my God. Did Crypt Keeper Annie say that both of them died in the car accident on the way no. to elope? Or she just said Billy died. She said BP. That's Billy Palmer. They didn't talk about AW at all. It was Angela Wright, but they didn't talk about her at all. I mean, you know, I'm going out on a limb. It sounds so stupid. I'm going to say fact because it's you just it. so It's just so bad and dumb. I, there are Get lots of, there's some plot names. holes there. And there's Crypt Keeper Annie, and then there's Annie. Angela. Angela oh, Wright. For someone like me who has a really hard time with names anyways, this is this is a nightmare. This is a shambles. This is a this, shambles. <laughs> the whole thing is a shambles. So, last story. Oh. House on Berry Avenue. Fire. Um, Ooh, another has, fire like, episode. He takes out a blowtorch and lights a candle with it. What? And he says that fire is man's greatest discovery and everything invented since either relies on fire or imitates it. And I'm like, that can't possibly be true. <laughs> um, number one, no, that's not how things work. <laughs> number two, did do you think that Frakes had a writer in his contract that was like, I will not touch a fucking match. If I need to light anything on fire, like, <laughs> I will use it's a, not, it's- one of the following, a blowtorch, a flamethrower. <laughs> 
And it's not like a little pastry blowtorch. It's not like a creme brulee one. It's like a fucking... Any like, other large incendiary device, but I will it not is, touch. It's flash dance, man. It is, like, wow. it is a big one. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Stuart and Laura Freeland, they were having their security invaded by fire. That's the connection here. Lots of fires were starting at their house, but these are like spontaneous fires that are happening. Spontaneous human combustion at their house? Not human. Not oh, human. Okay. Just, just spontaneous. Combustion. And they're not like, maybe we have faulty wiring. It's just like random fires all over the That house. is the first hypothesis that the insurance company has. So when no. we get into our story, we cut to we're in like a demolition site where a house has been torn down. And Detective Harold Peters is at this demo site and he's like going he's like going through the rubble no he's not he's just sort of standing there and looking around and he's like trying to solve this mystery and then now is it a mystery of who tore down the house no it's just sort of like what happened with this house where Stuart and Lori oh okay okay I'm getting the sequence of events now yeah so they're doing so we have Frakes establishing that we have this thing from the future and now we're getting to how they got to pile of rubble and the rubble is just like it's a demo site it's not like it was burned down so flashback there is a fire and it's just like clearly fake and added in post and it like does not (laughs) and it's like the height of and it's like a it's like little it's like it's like a curtain is on fire and but it's very clearly like badly computer animated and Stuart is using a fire extinguisher and then the fire department busts in and they just use a bigger fire extinguisher and they put the fire out and then there's an outlet that starts shooting fire out of it like it looks like someone is like has something that's like blasting fire like they're just kind of behind it and fire blaster it's like you know like a Bunsen burner, like right behind it or whatever. So they put out that fire. Um, the fireman's like, you need to get an electrician to look at that. Electrician comes out uh, and he's like, this isn't even scorched. You're sure it was this outlet? And they're like, yeah. The electrician's like, I mean, I'm insurance company wants me to figure out why this happened. I'm going to mm-hmm. look at it, but this mm-hmm. is fine. Mm-hmm. So cut to some undetermined amount of time later. Laura is just like futzing around in the kitchen and she goes, what's that smell and then Stuart comes from like the backyard or wherever he was and he goes what is that smell and they're like huh and they're just sort of walking around like smelling and and they walk into their living room and there's like an upholstered chair that's one of the ugliest fucking chairs I've ever seen in my life it is like floral to the max and it doesn't match anything else so clearly the props department found this thing for cheap because they immediately burst it it was on the curb somewhere and they were like let's burn it right so and it like bursts into flames and it's real flames and uh so cut to later and it's like the fucking fire department came and put mm-hmm. it out and they determined that the smell was sulfur um yeah see and, see this and, is this is a weird holy spirit satan thing going on what is going on so the our cop shows up for the first time and he's just like there's been five fires and so i've been assigned to this case and he's like asking him all these questions like is business okay like you know, basically, like, and they're like, are we under investigation here? Yes. And he's like, no, we're just trying to figure yes. out, like, like, the fire department can't keep coming out here. Like, what's causing, like, you're not setting these. What's causing these? We got to figure it ma'am, out. Sir, and then, ma'am, I know you pay your taxes, but the fire department has other things to do than put out fires. I'm sorry. They know? just can't keep happening. So... They're like, well, what should we do then? And, and he goes, I don't know. Get a psychic. And then the next day they have gotten a psychic. Um, and it's just some British dude wow. um, who's going around with like a ghost detector. And he's like, I don't sense anything. But maybe the energy has attached it onto you. If like you have done something really bad, maybe the energy is like 
haunting you and not your house. Was it like when you have a stud finder and you put it up against the person? It might actually <laughs> be a stud finder. Um, so he says, like, you know, if there's been something bad that's been done. And then Stuart goes, oh, my God. And I'm like, did you murder a kid? Like, why did, like, out of nowhere, he's like, oh. And this is the third time you come back around to, to child sacrifices and murders. I hope they got something good out of it. He goes, oh, God. So they sit down. And Laura looks all concerned, like, oh, what happened? And Stuart's like, my brother and I set fire to the woods by our house when I was nine. And my dad said, whoever did this is going to be followed by fire. And I never. What a little shit. What a little shit. And I never told anyone that. And then Lloyd, the British guy is like, well, now you have. And so now it's over because the guilt is what was attracting the paranormal. So now that you've come clean to me and not reimburse anyone or whatever nope. no one was hurt it's just they burned down these woods hey, so smoky like, okay. they hurt smoky bear all right they right? did not prevent a forest fire they started one what are jerks so lloyd like it's over and then frace goes no it's not <laughs> <laughs> and apparently the fires keep happening and the insurance Except company was wrong. <laughs> ordered the house to be torn down mm. can an insurance company do that so I know this is my first time in the life insurance game, but <laughs> my boss, who I worked with very closely on the Tangerine case, told me that no, this is not how the life, this is not how the insurance game works. So the insurance company has that's why it's a rubble site because they're actually like tearing okay. down this house, and Stuart and Laura have since moved on, and then they find in the rubble something that was left behind. Oh, a scrapbook. A scrapbook. And the scrapbook, it starts out like a normal scrapbook. Oh, and then you find out that, like, it starts to progress to that a young child had committed arson and it had killed a bunch of people. And it's the wife, Laura. Da-da-da-da. But why would anyone scrapbook? Like, it's like, child kills this Look. many people. And then it's like, child, like, Laura, whatever. Laura Sloan gets out on bail and this and this. and Because like she was like, proud of oh. what she had done, obviously. Come and on. And so the cop is like, solved, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so. Nailed what they, it. What they put forward, that's mm-hmm. it. So what they put forward okay. is, they do not put forward that Laura was setting these, even though sure. she had committed arson, but she's putting forward that it's either spontaneous random combustion or there's a repressed spirit that's trying to punish a woman who had crossed the gods of flame in her Oh, past. God. Okay, that has sealed it for me. I'm going true with this ridiculosity just because I love that. She has crossed the, the gods, gods of, flame. of flame. Real or unreal? That's the burning question. Oh, God, that's awful. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. True, 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 true. Okay, okay. Gosh. So that's it. What a That's fun day it. on set where you get to where you get to light up an old recliner that you found out on the I street. I mean, a lot Ooh. of fire. You think all the fire they set, they couldn't do real fire that one first time. It was very hilarious. It looked like so pixelated and like it was in like an 8-bit video game. It was very funny. I mean, that's why I was going Holy Spirit fire. All right. So, let's <gasps> see how you did. Oh, now I'm nervous. I mean, it's very nerve-wracking. It is. So, it is. so Please tell me the it was land. zero. Zero for zero. It is not zero. Okay. Um, so the land with the land. The weird man in black and the yes, devil and the, the Satan laundry land. Deal with the devil, yeah, sure. 
you said this was true. Correct. They made it up. False. <laughs> really nervous the way you paused there. I was like, Ugh. So I did that specifically so that it's easier for me to put the sound effect in. Oh, there. okay. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, 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 it's easier for me to slice it and like put Better luck next time. Bitch. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, I'm disappointed because yeah, that- there was no summoning. No putting the dad's clothes on a scarecrow. What kind of a world do we live in where I can't even trust that a down-on-his-luck farmer would not make a deal with the devil? Like, could it be Satan? <sighs> like a blood sacrifice so that his Kid. daughter could continue 20 years of prosperous farming. What Kids world is this? Days. And like only $20. Not my America. I, I tell you I that. I literally almost said $20. Only 20 years, then she's going to be in the same fucking situation you yep. were in, Josh. And then she's going to be sacrificing herself for Honestly. her kids. It is a cycle. Number two, Titan, about the guy yes. who possibly predicted <laughs> yes. the Titanic years earlier. You said false. Survey says. This, this is true, my friend. Shut it up. I Shut have- it up. From the Google machine. Shut from, it up. From Business Insider. There were actually two books that sort of eerily predicted the Titanic. One, um, sorry, this article is like, it's almost like when you look up a recipe and there's like all this nonsense. Oh, and then, and well, then you nobody talks want. about this. And, uh, so, <laughs> what? The first, the first work was written in 1886 by a prominent spiritualist and investigative journa- journalist, W.T. Stead. And it's called How the Mail Steamer Went Down in the Mid-Atlantic by a Survivor. He could have workshopped that title a little bit. Uh, But it tells the story of an unnamed ocean liner that sings in the Atlantic. Uh, In the story, the protagonist is a guy named Thompson, who's a sailor, who gets concerned that there's not enough lifeboats on the deck. The liner collides with a small sailing ship in fog. And only 200 passengers of the original 700 survives. And Thompson survives when a lifeboat circles back around and pulls him from the water. Does not say if he was blowing a whistle. Or that he was so, clinging to a door. Right. Okay. Then the other the other novel, which I think this story was based on, is called The Wreck of the Titan or Futility. It had two different Again. working titles. Yeah, you know, based on the novel Pushed by Sapphire. So, right, right, right. Uh, it started, it, this one boasts even more startling similarities to The Sinking of the Titanic. It follows the fictional ocean liner, the Titan, which hits an iceberg in the North Atlantic and sinks. Like the Titanic, the Titan was described as the largest ship afloat at the time. The sizes and lengths of the ships are quite close, as well as the speed at which they crash into the iceberg. Both liners had a shortage of lifeboats, and both of them had been dubbed unsinkable. Okay, I don't like any of this. I don't like any of this. Why are we not talking? This should be something we talk about every day. We have two different people that predicted the Titanic. What? And it says, after the singing of the Titanic, the book was reissued, and that Morgan Robertson, who is, you know, clearly the... Harris Fisher. I mean, yes. Uh, he says, they people were saying, oh, you're a clairvoyant. And he says, I'm simply knowledgeable about maritime operations. I know what I'm writing about. That's all. Oh, that's what I tell people all the time. Look, I'm, just... I'm knowledgeable about maritime operations. And then did he go buy that clue house with all his money after the second reissuance? I mean... Isn't that Ooh. creepy? It's that's super creepy, and how come nobody talks about it? 
You'd think they'd mention that in like, I mean, I guess it would be a little shoehorned in in Titanic, but you'd think, but I guess, you know, this probably comes around anytime Titanic The Titanic is, like, is talked about in popular culture so much, so often. How often have I heard about the two freaks who, like our teenage girl, predict the future? Once, right here, from you and Jonathan Frakes. The Diary, with the our diary. bullied girl and uh, Rasha and- Sure, goth girl, Daily. 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 I was like, Davy? No. Davy Crockett, <laughs> um, of the Wild Frontier. You said false. I did. This was true. <laughs> throw something through the camera at my computer. Stop. 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 L- lying liars that lie. Stop, 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 stop. Was it it true that a girl actually was dumb enough to keep her diary on her computer in a folder marked diary? Have they never met a teenage girl in their life? Come on. They are. She should put it in a folder marked boobs so no one goes in there. Boobs, 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 boobs. I give, so far, I give all of these stories zero boobs. (laughs) That's what I give them. No boobs. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. No No boobs. boobs. No boobs. No boobs. Uh, number four, Town of Remembrance with our uh, our amnesiac who was remembering mm, things yes. from a past life. Mm-hmm. You said true. I said true. This was a false. <laughs> Fucking damn it to hell. What the hell? Which what by process hell? of elimination means you know that you got the next one right. Which means that the house on Barry Street with the arson and the burning and the psychic um, was true. You said, you said true. Good job. Oh, my God. Oh, that's all so awful. <laughs> my life is a shambles. This is a shambles. This is a tight. Okay, this show, Beyond Belief, this podcast, my life. My thought processes, the entire thing is a shambles. <laughs> so now you have a fun fact about the Titanic that you can uh, bust out at the non-parties that we go to. Oh, I haven't exercised in such a long time. The laugh has given my core good workouts. Yes. <laughs> that was awful. It's so awful. I want to know more about the woman who scrapbooked all of her illegal activities. <laughs> What special kind of Midwestern woman was this? So I, I was thinking, like, what do you Google? Because, like, that's one of the reasons why, like, we don't do a lot of follow-up on the true stories. Because, like, who knows what the true kernel right, is? Right, Um, It was really easy to find the Titanic one because I could, I could just Google, did someone protect the Titanic? Which is what I Googled. And, yes, the answer Apparently is yes. the answer is yes. Now we know. Um, but for this one, like, what would you even Google? Because, like, clearly they change all the names. So I started typing in spontaneous combustion ghosts. Uh-huh. And it complete, auto-completed to... Uh, spontaneous combustion, combustion, ghost pepper beef jerky. <laughs> I'm so mad that that exists. <laughs> and also ghost pepper microwave popcorn. I don't think that's mm. spontaneous combustion. I think you popped it too long. There were so many times in college where we all had to go out in the middle of the night mm-hmm. because someone popped, like, burnt their popcorn and we were yes. all, like, freezing and, like, all yes. people who were having sex had, like, just, like, thrown on some clothes really quickly Ugh. and... Yes. Dorms are gross. Um, there's a whole documentary. I'm not saying how true the documentary itself is, but there's a whole documentary on spontaneous human combustion, and we might oh. have to cover that at some point. 
It's a mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, I think BuzzFeed mm-hmm. Unsolved did one on on human combustion too in one of their paranormal seasons, which was a good Love one. It. So yeah, back you and I are both back at one of five. Uh, nowhere to go but up from here. I mean, I just don't like that. Frakes has this over us at this point. <laughs> Somewhere, like, in his, I assume, um, very tastefully appointed house, but not too ostentatious because he's not a jerk. Um, he's just sort of like, he gets, like, a warm, fuzzy feeling, and he goes, got him. <laughs> he's got a little chalkboard next to the nook where he listens to his podcast, he can, and he's like... He can just sense when people yes. watch Beyond Belief and, and uh, are like, What? <laughs> Well, the human brain can't even understand the human brain, Katie. Um, So, listeners, how did you do? What did you think? Um, I didn't guess along this time, mostly because I watched this. Were you afraid? Were you afraid to guess along? I'm a little. I'm. I've got the yips now, and um, you got the yips. The yips, where you're like afraid to to like do stuff. It's like a sports thing where like when someone's in a slump, they got the yips. Okay. Yeah. Um, I got the opposite uh, of the yips. I got, because I've crossed the gods of fire and... <laughs> the gods of flame. Flame, and now I want revenge. Listeners, let us know how you did. Guess, Play along at home. Guess along. Let us know. Did you know about this book, about the Titanic? Um, I feel like that's a fun fact that you can bust out because people don't know. Or maybe mm. we both just missed it and this is like a common thing. I, I mean, I wouldn't. Got it. We'll talk to you next week, you guys. Do not uh, thank drink you for a gardenia float. Whatever you do, don't do it. Pop, don't pop a bottle with us, but don't pop a bottle of root beer and put nope. whipped cream and nuts on it. Nope. Thank you. Nope.